Okay, welcome back. This is Raghu Banda from SAP. So today I have uh, two experts from SAP Analytics Cloud. And today in this podcast seven, season two, we will be going about the smart features with SAP Analytics Cloud in the context of SAP S4HANA. So I would like to introduce and welcome Robert McGrath and Antoine Chavart from SAP. So hi, Robert, how are you? Hi, Antoine, how are you? Maybe Robert, can you give a quick background from yourself? Hi, Raghu, thanks very much. Um, so I'm glad to be with you today. Uh, so as Raghu said, my name is Rob McGrath. I'm a product manager working in SAP Analytics Cloud, and I've been primarily focused on the smarter augmented features. Um, I've been with SAP for about seven years, and I've worked in augmented analytics and predictive for all of that time. Uh, prior to that, I had a range of roles across the software industry from machine vision systems through to human services software. Thank you, Robert. Good to have you on board. Hi, uh, Antoine. Can you also give a quick uh, introduction? Hey, yeah, Raghu, um, I'm very glad to be in the, in the call today. So I'm part uh, of the product management team for SAP X Cloud. Uh, my specific focus is towards uh, predictive scenarios and I've been now since almost uh, 14 years with SAP, so I'm this uh, SAP veteran. I've been in BI, I've been in predictive, I've been in planning, so covering different areas. Thank you, Antoine. So in the context of today's session, maybe uh, Robert, could you uh, provide some real life experiences or can you tell us an instance where realistically some smart features have helped in identifying insights that would not have been possible otherwise in the past? Or how do you see the current transition happening into the digital world with a lot of digitization happening around us? Maybe some thoughts that you might have that you could share with our audience? Yeah, of course. So it's well accepted that the volume and variety of data has grown exceptionally. And it's also really well accepted with that, with that increased digitization, leaders want to make data-led decisions. So hence the big investment in BI systems and dashboards, the building of BI teams within organizations. However, adoption of BI is stuck at about 30%. And most decisions still continue to be made based on good instinct or experience rather than being data-led. So there are a number of reasons for that. Um, but partly it's down to how analytics are delivered to users and the content that it's possible to give to business users uh, using analytics. So it's difficult for a dashboard to provide inform information at the correct level for all the users. And it's almost impossible for analysts to keep pace with the requests for additional information as people use dashboards, et cetera. This leads to kind of islands of information within or islands of knowledge within businesses where people build their own uh, uh, BI systems or build their own um, data sets and use them as the basis of making decisions. So there isn't a single truth that's governed and reliable throughout the business. Rather, there's these independent islands of decision-making within the business. So one of the examples of where it's hard for BI to serve all of the users, um, I heard recently from a customer, was they built um, a sales cockpit. So a dashboard for the sales executives 
to have a full view on all of their customers and to allow them to make their sales decisions. However, they discovered that even though two sales executives had the same job title, the roles could be extremely different. So if we take the first sales executive who's dealing with a very large customer, their job is mostly around managing the pipeline and starting projects to introduce new products to the customer. If his colleague is managing a number of smaller customers, their experience is very different. They're very focused on ensuring to get feedback from samples and invoices and making sure that invoices are, not paid, are, are paid on time and don't become overdue. So even though two people have nominally the same job, their needs for information are very, very different. And it's very hard to meet those with a single dashboard. So one of the ways we can address this is by providing insight. And insight is key to allowing people to make these data-led decisions. But for it to be effective, it needs to be in the context of the user and presented in a way that the user can understand. So in SAP Analytics Cloud, the insights we provide are always provided in the context of the user. So based on the dashboard or story they're coming from, and also based on any filters or selections they've made within the story. So it's focused down on the information they're most interested in. The insights then are presented using a combination of visualization and natural language. So this ensures that a business user can understand them easily and make confident decisions based on them. And then we have the features are based on the user's roles. We have some features like smart insights and search to insight aimed at the person consuming analytics. And we have other features aimed at the person who's trying to build content. So wants to explore the data and better understand it so they can build better content. Okay. Thank you, uh, Robert. I think that was a very good introduction into the podcast today. Uh, maybe uh, to, over to you, Antoine, could you provide any real life experiences that you could relate as well when we talk about predictions happening based with the data that we have at hand, which could not have been possible in the past? Yeah, I think, um, thanks for the question. I think uh, it's really about uh, what Rob was alluding to, moving from that more, um, let's say, uh, looking in the mirror, which is more the traditional way we are doing analytics to uh, coupling actually analytics with a more proactive way or predictive way uh, to look what could happen in the future. And there I wanted to take uh, really two uh, concrete uh, customer examples. So these are customers of ACP Cloud. So first of all, when we, um, one of the use of ACP Cloud is really to serve uh, financial planning, right? Or planning in general. And so there, for instance, we have a lot of customers. They want actually not to be eye touch with every data point that they have to plan in the future, whether it's related to their sales, their, uh, you know, expenses, the volume of product they are going to, to sell, but really they want to be supporting in doing that by the, by the machine and actually time series forecasting capabilities. So one of, one example of such a customer is Roche. Roche is a global pharmaceutical company and they are handling annually um, uh, budget or um, some uh, expense when it comes to their research and development expense of approximately four billion. And the question is, of course, you want to keep this 4 billion under control, but you also want to make sure that your planners, they are not going to touch on individual data points, uh, nitty gritty details. And actually you want some kind of uh, acceleration of their work, some kind of automation of their work, right? So that's what Roche is doing now. And, and by actually coupling the core planning 
capabilities, with the predictive capabilities, they move from a three weeks process down to, to two hours just to regenerate their financial forecast on this uh, 4 billion in, in US dollar I was uh, mentioning before. And for that, they became this year SAP Innovation Award 2021 uh, finalist. Second example, briefly, I wanted to take on another area, another use of SAP Inks Cloud, which is more, uh, I would say, the traditional business intelligence use, is of course there you might want to know why certain employees are leaving or why certain events are going to happen. And so we are working with a small yet really innovative company in Allen that is called Equiratings. And what this company is doing is actually predicting the outcomes of all the major equestrian competition across the world, including recently the, the Tokyo Olympic Games, so Tokyo 2020. And so they, they are doing that really by using our capabilities. So um, looking at the past performance of these equestrian athletes, but also predicting what could be the, the outcome for, for the specific event, uh, and also uh, you know supporting the fine experience around that community. Uh, so just to your question, Ragu, to give you really two um, real life uh, different examples on how people are, are actually coupling on one side predictive and planning in ECBX Cloud, on the other side, predictive and BI. Thank you, Antoine. That was a very good introduction as well into our uh, podcast recording today. Let us, let us maybe take a quick break and then get back into our session. All right, so let us now continue into our podcast uh, topic. So Robert, of how these smart features can be leveraged with SAP Analytics Cloud, can you provide a maybe a very high level overview or a high level overview of what kind of these different smart assist features are available with SAP Analytics Cloud so that our audience get a peek into what is happening? Of course. So if we go back to the two, the, to the different roles within um, analytics and with the different types of users within SAP Analytics Cloud. So there's the consumer who primarily uses Analytics Cloud to access information and um, consumes content that was prepared by other users. And then there's the creator or analysts whose role is primarily to build content. And the, the smart assist features target those users differently. So if we start with the consumer, typically they start with a question. So typically they visit analytics because there's something they need to know in order to make a, to make a decision. So smart insights and search to insights are primarily aimed at that user. And the high level goal is to enable users to explore the data and understand the information without requiring detailed knowledge of the data structures or without requiring detailed knowledge of how to use the analytics cloud tool. So at a high level, Search to Insight is a natural language query engine that allows users to ask questions of their data in natural language. So ask a question like, show me revenue for the last three quarters. Smart Insights is a tool that provides explanation for the value of a data point or a variance between data points. So it allows a user to see what's behind the number. So if you can imagine a user has revenue um, on their screen, they can run Smart Insights and Revenue and start to see what's behind the number and what drives that number. For the business analyst who's concerned with building content, a Smart Discovery tool is an assisted data exploration tool. 
So it's a viable way for a business analyst to use machine learning to explore their data and to discover insights that it will be impossible to find using traditional BI techniques. Okay. Thanks, uh, Robert, for the uh, high-level overview about the different smart assist features that we have with the SAPLNX Cloud. So maybe uh, I know you have kind of given a little more thought or uh, little more background into that, but uh, is there any examples that you could help articulate our listeners about how these smart assist features with SAC are helping our customers draw nice insights from the data that is available uh, wherever it is coming in from? Yeah, of course. So if we start with the smart insights feature, so a number like revenue could appear in a dashboard. So if I have my uh, financial dashboard um, and it shows revenue, however, for a user, what's behind that number is really what's important. So what contributes to that revenue or how does it break down across regions or products or sales teams? Um, how is it calculated? Is the number they're looking at typical over time? So Smart Insights provides a way to automatically access those insights and start to understand what's behind the number. So based on, first of all, what's presented on the screen and also um, the data behind it, Smart Insights is able to provide a range of insight to the users in both natural language or generated natural language and using visualization so they can start to understand what's behind the number and understand the, the calculation behind it, understand how it breaks down across different dimensions in their data, like a customer or product, and understand how it varies over time and is the number they're looking at now typical or exceptional. One of the key advantages is that it means that dashboard design can be a little simpler and it can allow the user to drive the exploration according to their needs, as opposed to the analyst having to anticipate all the possible follow-on questions and to generate additional visualizations or additional pages to try and answer all those questions in advance. Um, search the insight is really allowing the user to, stand, to start with the most basic of questions. So it's allowing them to ask a question of their data in natural language. So one of the blockers for adoption of analytics is that users are not familiar with the systems. Users don't know where the most appropriate data is. Um, maybe the dashboard doesn't quite meet their needs. So with Search to Insight, the user can start with a simple question like, show me service, uh, service call volume for the past three weeks. And Analytics Cloud will generate a visualization to answer that question. The user can then start to elaborate on the question, say by, you know, ask for it to be shown by region or ask for the top 10, or they can switch into interacting with the chart as they would normally in an analytic system. So click on the chart and apply filters and sorts and so on to drill down into the data. But the key thing is it's a, a way to make the analytics more accessible to a user and allow them to interact with the analytics in a more natural fashion than through, uh, just reading dashboards or just reading uh, prepackaged reports. Smart discovery, as I mentioned earlier, is really aimed at that content creator. So it provides the analyst with viable machine learning. So what I mean by that is it's very easy to allow somebody to run a machine learning algorithm against data. What's difficult is to apply that effectively to a business question. So to understand which data is relevant to the question, how that data has to be prepared in order to answer the question, and which algorithm to use in order to answer that question, 
and how to interpret the results to know if you've got a useful answer and to really understand what that answer means. So with Smart Discovery, the user can, answer, can ask multiple business questions on a single BI data model. And that means that they can use the data that's provided for analytics. And typically that data is quite large and typically it's quite clean. So it's reliable governed data that they can use as the basis for the question. Then the user can specify the target they're interested in. So for instance, uh, employee churn um, or churn, and they can look at it by employee or by team or by region. So they can specify the entity in the data that they're interested in. And that allows Analytics Cloud to prepare the data automatically in order to build a predictive model to predict the outcome. And from that predictive model to explain the drivers behind that for the customer. So the example that Antoine mentioned earlier about equity ratings, one of the features we can use there is Smart Discovery to allow them to understand what contributes to a successful outcome in an equestrian event. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. I like the way how you have explained starting with the consumer concept and the creator concept. Uh, let us uh, maybe take a quick break and then come back and continue our session. All right, welcome back. So now, um, Antoine, let us talk a bit more about the predictive analytics part of the SAP Analytics Cloud. I know the smart predict functionality and how these capabilities can be used. Can you provide a high level overview of what is available with the current smart predict functionality to our listeners and audience? Sure, so um, when we discuss Smart Predict, we have three uh, major capabilities. We have the ability to uh, forecast certain, uh, the evolution of certain KPI in the, in the future. So we name that time series forecasting. We have the ability to predict certain events or the, the probability of certain events to happen. And that is uh, in a predictive term classification. And then we have the possibility to predict um, certain values where they are going to be. And we name that regression. Um, so these are the three major capabilities that Smart Predict or predictive scenarios. This is the way we name the object in a Civilianics Cloud are offering. And we are offering that in a variety of contexts, right? So uh, one context could be um, in sense of data foundation, planning models. So on planning model, of course, there is this coupling that I was referring to in the case of Roche between predictive and planning. So we do offer uh, these time series capabilities on top of planning models. And then, and that's the um, historical integration we have in terms of, of data, uh, we do provide data sets. So you can take your data, uh, easily put that in SAP Inks Cloud, and in few clicks, you can run um, classification, regression, or, or, or time series model on top of that. Um, so to be complete, we also have an integration uh, between uh, Smart Predict and um, SAP HANA. And that is for those of our customers that have SAP HANA on-premise system. And uh, maybe what they want to do as part of SAP Inks Cloud is to run everything what we call live, 
which means the data resides in SAP HANA, but is not you know, moving to SAP Inks Cloud. So SAP Inks Cloud is used for uh, reporting, uh, it's used for predicting as well, but that on the basis of SAP HANA data, right? So this trick, to sum it up, right? This trick capabilities, classification, regression, time series, that can be used in different contexts, planning models, data set with data acquired to SAP Inks Cloud, or live data set, and in that case, the, the data would uh, reside in SAP and on-premise. Thanks, Antoine, for providing that uh, overview about the different uh, algorithms that are available as part of predict, smart predict uh, functionality. Maybe going a bit deeper into the smart predict functionality, can you help us understand? I know you have explained at a high level, these different algorithms uh, or the flavors of these algorithms. Uh, of course, I know we use similar capabilities to the ones provided by the APL library, which is part of SAP HANA with SAC. But could you provide any uh, a bit more of an explanation around the same, which might be helpful for the audience? Or maybe you can add up and provide some example around this, which could help articulate it better. Yeah, so I, I mean, um, that, that's a great question, right? And that's a topic that is really, uh, I would say, dear to my heart. Um, at the end of the day, with Smart Predict and with the integration that we have in SVX Cloud, we do not uh, primarily focus on data scientists. So, so by that, I mean, of course, we are open to data scientists. We are open to anyone using our capabilities. But our major focus at the end of the day would be business user. And by business user, we mean a person that actually have the the business question wants to inject some or include some predictive element into their use case, but don't necessarily have the advanced skill or the understanding that a data scientist could have. So that's why we, uh, first of all, automate the logic of creating time series forecasting model, classification or regression model. And there, of course, and it's, uh, we have business users, right? But business users, similarly to anyone, the first thing they are going to expect from a predictive engine is to be accurate. So that relates to the first, to your question around algorithm. And of course, we are placing a large focus in sense of developing the product to make sure we include as part of our automated approach state-of-the-art techniques and in that context for instance if we just look this year we actually changed the foundation we use when it comes to classification regression so we had uh, a technique that was historically rich regression we switched to gradient boosting which is a I would say uh, really the the, the most interesting technique of the moment for classification regression. You can see that on, for instance, major machine learning competitions like Kaggle. And when it comes to time series forecasting, of course, last year, we there was a unique event in for humanity, which is the, the rise of that COVID-19 pandemic, which is still impacting a lot of us today, right? And so in that context, how can you be uh, continue to be accurate? How can you continue to be relevant when you are discussing time series forecasting. So of course we had to move, we had to evolve and for doing that we integrated new techniques, smoothing techniques, we integrated techniques to detect actually when you have a disruption in the trend. Um, so we call that detection of multiple linear trend and that is a topic we'll continue to invest to make sure whatever the context of the data we use, whatever the, the complexity of this data or the disruption that this data has seen, we remain relevant in terms of accuracy. Um, so so that's about algorithm, that's about accuracy, 
to me, it's not the end point, right? I, I just want to circle back to that initial mention I was doing around the business user. Business user, they also expect that they easily understand the models and they can connect that to their business. And for me, that's the topic of trust. So with SmartReduct, we want to actually offer the best compromise between accuracy and trust. And by that, I mean, of course, um, you could have the best, I don't know, neural network or deep learning model of the world, but if the business user, they would not understand that, they would not trust that, then uh, there is no point in doing that. And that's where we uh, place a large focus as well to make sure when we create models that people would understand easily what is inside these this mo predictive models, but also that they have a way to judge the outcome. So giving you just one example there. So for instance, in, a, in a, an earlier release this way, year, we deliver a feature that is called prediction explanation. So if I want to connect that to the equating example, uh, you could tell a manager, oh, your athletes has, I don't know, 80% uh, chance to win or something like that. Um, so that would be the outcome of a classification model, a probability, but probably that the, that the question that the person is going to ask you is why? Why are you saying that? Where is that 80% coming from? And the idea around prediction explanation is really to uh, give that visibility. A, we say 80% because that athlete is quite experienced or he participated to some major competition recently and won some of these, or maybe he's riding on a horse that itself is very experienced. So all um, business context that actually helps in trusting uh, the predictions, but also, uh, you know, implementing the predictions for really uh, a business case. So um, long answer to a short question, but I, I just want to give you the two sides of the coin. Really, uh, how we uh, want to be accurate, how we invest a lo lot there. Um, so no one should see our, our techniques or algorithm as frozen, but really something that is constantly evolving. And at the same time, how we can provide that visibility into the predictive models and in the outcomes of this predictive model, which for me is equally important to receive actually adoption uh, from the business users. That's, yeah, thanks, thanks, Antoine. I think that's a great explanation of the great example that you have provided to put things in perspective. Uh, I think, uh, thanks for that detailed explanation. So now uh, let us uh, get back to you, Robert. I think uh, I'll, uh, we have a nice segue into getting into the topic of S4 and how we are using SAC in the context of uh, S4. Maybe for our S4 customers and S4 audience, uh, Robert, can you provide some thoughts around how these smart assist features can be leveraged? I mean, when I say, uh, connecting to these S4 whitelisted CDS views, how these customers, how our customers and partners can leverage these S4 whitelisted CDS views and maybe the additional data that comes from success factors and how you could leverage the SAC smart assist features and build some meaningful dashboards. Yeah, of course, Raghu. So one of the really powerful things about the SmartAffist features is that they're data and domain agnostic. So it's not necessary to configure the features for specific data sets or specific domains. So as a customer brings data into their analytic system, the features are available on that data. So in the context of S4 or success factors, 
Um, once that data is loaded into stories and dashboards in Analytics Cloud, the Smart Insights features and the Search Insight features are automatically available on that data. So consumers of those dashboards or even consumers of our prepackaged business content can start to benefit from those features straight away, start to use Search to Insight to do natural language search, to find the information they're looking for in the data that was brought in, or using Smart Insights to start to understand what's behind the KPIs on the screen. So drill down in success factors on employee attrition, um, or other such things to try and understand what's driving that as a particular departments, the particular managers, particular job roles, so they can start to understand what's happening underneath the data or behind the data and start to react to that. So the key thing is that once you've built your dashboard and once you have the data in Analytics Cloud, those features become automatically available. So they enhance the experience of the consumer immediately once the content is made available for them. Likewise with Smart Discovery, if data is acquired into SAP Analytics Cloud, you can run Smart Discovery on it. So you can answer multiple data questions, multiple business questions from that data model that you've imported into Analytics Cloud. So you can look at the data at different perspectives, so at different levels of granularity, maybe by customer, by product, um, and start to understand the data and explore the data using Smart Discovery, regardless of the domain and regardless of the original source of the data. So it's really powerful that as you add, as you expand your analytics content to include additional domains, um, to include additional line of business data, these tools continue to be useful and don't require additional adoption or configuration in order to set them up and use them. The one slight exception that is that can be really powerful is for um, search to insight. It's possible to add business cinnamons to search to insight. What that means is sometimes what things are called in your data and what things are called in your business are not always the same. So a business person might say, show me sales. What they really mean is show me revenue. And you can set up cinnamons in Analytics Cloud so that it understands when somebody says, show me sales, they're really interested in net revenue. Um, but that's quite a simple configuration and really makes it kind of more intuitive for the end user to use. Okay. Thanks, Robert, for the detailed explanation about how the S4 data and success factors data can be leveraged in the context of SAC and how these smart features uh, utilized. Uh, so now to add on to what Robert explained, maybe Antoine, could you help provide any additional thoughts about how this S4 data can be used and how additional predictions can be built uh, on top of that? Any thoughts around that? Yeah, it, I mean, um, I think we have to consider the different uh, data sources there and the different use cases as well. So maybe to start with, uh, if we look from the planning side, we there is a strong coupling, for instance, between uh, SAP Cloud planning capabilities and the S4ANA capabilities, right? Uh, so there is, for instance, business content that is created. And what that means is ultimately, uh, a S4 customer could think of, for instance, I want to do uh, this kind of cost center or expense forecasting planning I was alluding to. Um, so because I have my data in S4, because I have this business content already pre-built as part of SMS Cloud, it's relatively easy to be up to speed with the uh, core planning capabilities, but also I would say include the predictive ingredient into that. that that's not 
very hard to do, right? Because everything is, is kind of pre-configured for me. Similarly, I think you alluded to a success factor. And, and there we have uh, some kind of, of similar coupling that is being done with the fact that you can do uh, planning actually on top of your HR data or on top of your success factor data. Already there, uh, we are also providing some kind of predefined business content. And that's a, a little bit of a similar story, right? It's about I can use this uh, generic cap planning capabilities from SAPX Cloud in the direct context of finance for S4 or HR for success factor. And actually, one, once I have this data, because of the nicely coupled integration between predictive and planning, it's relatively easy for me to include some, uh, you know, this proactive element into, uh, into my use cases. Um, so that's more for the, I would say, the planning part. And of course, when we refer more to um, the part that relates to uh, classification, regression, I can actually acquire data from S4. So I can actually from uh, the, I would say, data artifact that I have from S4, the, the different views, I can bring that to the context of SAPX Cloud. I can run uh, on the context of my use cases, uh, classification, regression techniques. So we have a nice, uh, uh, business content that actually we ship as part of ACC that is called payment predictions, which is about um, uh, predicting the number of days uh, the DSO, D-cells outending, the number of days be before we get the invoices payback. And to me, that's a very nice example of uh, a prepackaged use case that is involving S4 on one side, SAP and Cloud on the other side, and of course, Smart Predict uh, as part of uh, doing these payment predictions. Um, so that's what I can say to this, uh, the existing integration that we have today with S4. And at the end of the day, these two pieces, right? The use case and the angle that the customers are, are starting with. And then how the, I would say the, the generic capabilities or the business content that is providing is helping, uh, you know, um, do the last mile and actually have that, um, get the best out of S4 and SSC coupled together. Thanks, Antoine, for the detailed explanation about how S4 data and S success factors data can be leveraged in the context of SAC uh, while doing the predictions with Smart Predict. Thanks for the detailed explanation. Maybe I think uh, we'll take a quick break and then come back and continue our session. Welcome back. So we are in the last leg of our uh, podcast session. So uh, over to you, Robert, any recent innovations that you would like to share with our audience in the context of smart assist features with SSC? Yeah, thanks, Rigo. So I think the big innovation this year, um, certainly at Smart Discovery, has been the move to, um, to add our automatic data preparation to Smart Discovery. So in Q1 of this year, we introduced a very significant enhancement to Smart Discovery that allowed the user to better specify the business question. So we moved from a question which was explain revenue to a question that is like explain revenue by customer, by product. And that allows us to automatically prepare the data within Analytics Cloud to answer a specific question. And it removes the need for a customer to manually prepare data outside of the tool. As a subsequent enhancement to that in Q4 this year, we're introducing um, an enhanced key influencer page. So the key influencers in Smart Discovery are the variables in the data that strongly impact the target. So the other variables in the data, for instance, that impact revenue by customer. 
and we've made a, a, a significant enhancement to the page to make it much more understandable so that the influencer are now presented in a much more qualitative way. So you know what's a, a strong, moderate or weak influencer. And also we've changed the interaction. So it's much more intuitive to switch between influencers and compare influencers. The other, the other change as part of that is that we now use standard analytics cloud components on the key influencer page, which makes it much easier to copy the content to other stories or to style it to match your existing content. In Search to Insight, uh, we introduced those business cinnamons I mentioned earlier, and also introduced uh, chart interactions. So the, the great thing about chart interactions is that even though a user starts with a natural language search, after a while, it becomes a little bit unwieldy to start expanding the search to add filters, to add sorting, and so on and so on. So once the user has found the initial data, they can switch back the kind of familiar interaction and click on the chart and apply filters and click on the chart and apply um, ranking and sorting and so on. And then it can always switch back to natural language if they wish then to change the question. And Smart Insights, we've had quite a significant um, set of enhancements to improve the range of insights and the availability of insights. So the insights are available on much more of the measures within the data now, and we provide a broader range of insights from our time-based insights to our top contributors to explanations of calculations and account hierarchies. We also introduced support for Live HANA, so it's now possible to use Smart Insights on a Live HANA connection in addition to acquired data. Okay. Thanks, Robert, for the detailed explanation about the recent innovations happening with the Smart Assist features in the CC. Now, uh, maybe Antoine, could you uh, add on to that with any recent innovations that happened with the Smart Fred functionality in SAP Analytics Cloud? Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, it's uh, October uh, 20, we are closer to the end of the year, so it's a good time to look back and uh, what we delivered and accomplished, actually quite a lot. Um, classification regression, uh, I was mentioning that total change that we did of the algorithm, uh, the fact that you, are now, you now have predictions, explanations, so um, on top of the predictions probability or the predictions of the value, we really give that full visibility um, to, uh, to what they are uh, to serve actually the business user needs. But of course, the uh, I would say uh, lion share investment was uh, to that coupling between predictive and planning. Um, so we did a lot of uh, improvement when it comes to, uh, again, the accuracy that we bring, the ending of disruption due to uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. So we enrich the, the palette of automatic techniques that we provide. But also uh, we work on that area of trust that I was mentioning too. Uh, so for instance, uh, making sure we uh, we uh, provide the greatest visibility to, to our model, uh, the easiest way that can be integrated into stories. Um, we have a, an exciting feature that is coming in the, on November release to uh, every SAPX Cloud customer. The fact that you can uh, now define the exact scope of predictive forecasting by leveraging uh, the existing hierarchies. Um, what else did we do? You can see there is a lot. Uh, the handling of influence so, of course, when you are doing time series forecasting, there is the, the basis, which is to, to forecast actually 
just based on your KPI and the date, but sometimes you know of specific business condition that would influence your forecast. Or you even want to do some kind of what-if simulation. And um, for instance, if you are, I don't know, selling ice cream, you know that the temperature is going to have an influence to your ice cream sales, right? So that's, temperature is an example of an influencer you want to inject in your model because you know, based on your intimate knowledge of the business, that that is quite important. So all of that available off the shelf, um, this exciting feature around the ending of hierarchies coming in Q4, uh, will also do a revamp of, of the term that we use to be as close as possible to the um, regular terms that planners are using. And beyond, I would say the year 2021, which has, was full of deliveries, if we look uh, beyond 2021, we already have a, a number of um, plan development in the roadmap. So just want, want to uh, you know single out two. So uh, in the August release for SAP Cloud, there was an introduction of a framework that is called multi-action. So of course, today we have data actions available uh, to support the needs of planning in terms of uh, handling data, moving data, handling versions. And so our goal, um, our plan in H1 2022 is actually to inject predictive into that. So what does it mean concretely for customers? It means, for instance, if I take the example of a customer like Roche, that their IT team, of course, they, 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 they put in place all the, the logic of planning and predictive to support their finance user. But at the end of the day, they want to just automate that logic, right? So being a little bit uh, no touch and have the predictions being automated, flowing pretty much automatically or with limited touch to their to their business user, right? And the fact that we are going to introduce predictive as part of the multi-action framework, concretely for customers, that means an avenue to uh, automating their planning, but also automating their predictive planning. So very uh, exciting value proposal that I think would be uh, uh, um, exciting as well for, for the uh, people hearing this podcast today. Um, I think the other part, when we look to uh, the planning capability of SAP Cloud, they are evolving quite rapidly. Um, so earlier this year, there was the introduction of a new uh, way of, of modeling the data. And we already see a lot of evolution when it comes to that uh, new model. So for instance, uh, in the plan in Q1 uh, next year, Q, Q1 2022, there will be the introduction of flexible time. So flexible time, what does it mean? It means I want to handle my planning, for instance, at weekly level. I, I do have some kind of a business calendar, a business logic, um, and then I want to handle the planning at that level. But of course, I also want to handle the predictive at that level. And that's why per the plan, we again hope in uh, somewhere H1 2022, we are going to allow that, right? So that means concretely, I am a customer, uh, for instance, that wants to plan my, my sales on the weekly level. I also want to forecast the evolution of sales by using predictive planning. That is something that is going to be possible. And that, again, open a whole new um, possibility when it comes to use cases, uh, when it comes possibly to new industries. For instance, retail is very keen on these uh, weekly calendars. And, and that's, uh, I would say, uh, another feature where I'm quite excited to see what our SAP Cloud customers are going to come up with in terms of use cases, right? Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Antoine, for that detailed explanation about the recent innovations. And that's a whole lot of uh, features that are available for our audience. So maybe what I'll do, I'll uh, take a quick break and then we come back and do some closing remarks.
All right, welcome back. So, I will. I, I really uh, want to thank you both, uh, Robert and Antoine, for your time, taking time to do this uh, podcast session so that our audience can understand what is happening in the context of SAP Analytics Cloud, the smart assist features, smart credit features. Maybe, Robert, uh, do you want to give any closing remarks? and provide our audience with any thoughts of upcoming webinars or sessions that could help our audience and SAP community. Uh, thanks, Raghu, and thanks very much for um, inviting us to take part in the podcast. It's been a really good conversation. Um, so I, I guess my main closing remark would be in respect to the Smart Assist features is for people to please try them. I mean, there's a lot of benefit to be had for your users, for um, business analysts, for business users, in using the features for quite a little effort in terms of implementation. So really, I'd encourage you, if you're using Analytics Cloud, to try the features out. If you're responsible for rolling out Analytics Cloud within an organization, please promote the features to your users, because I think they'll find a lot of benefit from them. For users that are attending uh, TechEd this year, uh, the um, hands-on workshop ANA 260 will cover the Smart Assist features and show how you can incorporate them into your um, stories. So thanks again, Raghu, for inviting us today, and I'll pass over to Antoine. Thank you, Robert. Uh, over to you, Antoine. Could you uh, provide some quick thoughts? Of course, yes. So first of all, thanks so much for having us uh, today, Ragu, um, organizing this podcast. That was uh, very good. Um, so I would definitely concur to uh, Rob's closing remark. I think, uh, you know, sometimes predictive or even the, the smart topic is a little bit a mixed topic, right? Everybody's excited about that. There is a lot of buzz out there. But of course, at the end of the day, it's about just trying, right? Just jumping in the water, just trying it. and. Uh, Again, you will see a lot of benefits. You can start small and then you can build your use case. You can, uh, you know, just I'm a big believer of that iterative, uh, uh, you know, methodology and or agile methodology. So uh, just try it and, and I'm sure you will find benefit. Um, so in general, uh, when we discuss as well to uh, additional uh, materials that could be uh, referred to, so we have quite a lot. Uh, I think globally from uh, this ACP Cloud product management, solution management team, Team, there is a lot of effort currently placed into the SAP community. So we have seen uh, the move from instance from, from uh, the, the dedicated website to SAP Cloud to the SAP community. Uh, we have community topic page. There is one on SAP Cloud that is very, very rich. So I encourage people to refer to that. And I'm a big believer as well of that community spirit. I'm trying to as well be really active on the community. So I would say feel free to engage, right? Feel free to engage with uh, all your peers, all the people that are leveraging SAP Cloud today, ask questions. I think we have more than 5,000 questions at that stage, uh, something more than uh, 2,000 blogs that are waiting for, for you. Um, so with that, I'm sure you, you can be covered not only on the predictive part, but in general for SAP Cloud. Of course, take it, we that was mentioned. Um, and I think as well, stay tuned for open SAP, right? Because there is a 
effort that is happening right now to uh, record, I would say, new OpenACP course. Um, some of them likely to be live this year. Um, so we had a lot of success when it comes to OpenACP for ACBX Cloud in the past. For instance, the course on planning, I think more than 20,000 people attended that. So uh, that's also a place where we can regroup, where we can, uh, you know, where, where you can learn, but you can also ask questions, engage with us. And um, yeah, lots of possibilities, right? Thank you, Antoine, and thank you, Robert, for the detailed uh, chat that we had around the topic of uh, smart features with the SAP Linux Cloud. Thank you both. So let us now wrap up the session seven, season two, which is uh, mainly focused on the smart features in SAP Linux Cloud the context of SAP S4HANA. I would first like to thank our guests, Mr. Robert McGrath and Antoine Chabot for their valuable insights and the conversation that we had in the context of how to leverage these smart features, whether it is the smart assist features or the smart predict features and how these different things can be leveraged in SAP Linux Cloud in the context of SAP S4HANA. And of course, we also talked a bit about how this can be leveraged with the other peripheral products like the success factors and all. I would really appreciate your time in attending this session and listening in and tuning in. Like always, you can find more information on our blogs.sap.com and you can search my name, Raghubanda, and these podcasts will be again linked into the blog series. Of course, you could also find this podcast on our when you search on Spotify or Google Podcasts or so on and so forth. Feel free to leave any feedback that you might want by sending an email to venkata.ragu.banda at sap.com or you could also send some feedback at my Twitter handle, rkbanda. Thank you all for your time. Happy predict the future with SAP Technologies. Bye-bye.